Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about The Handmaid's Tale Season 3 Episode 5, it's called Unknown Caller. So full spoilers for the episode as always. And this review, as all of our Handmaid's Tale reviews, uh, well not all, but <laughs> since, since like two, ago, two episodes ago, uh, Cindy Palacios, our patron, is sponsoring these specific reviews from Handmaid's Tale, so thank you to her. Uh, so, um, this title actually, I noticed the title before I watched it, and I was actually now that I've seen it, the title makes up like I get what it what it's referring there's, to. There's context. Yeah, yeah there's, there's good context there uh, for the thing. Uh, I think this episode's pretty neat for a couple of reasons. I think it's neat um, because it does this thing where like okay, they want June to call to call Luke. Luke thank you. Yes, husband, husband face. Um, they want they want June to call Luke, and because they want to like you know. Serena wants to see Nicole. She wants to see the baby. Um, that's kind of the the goal. Uh, and we have this scene early on where Serena's invited into the the ridiculous round table, like the evil villains who are going to take over the universe, like round it's table. It's, They're having fun. Yeah, like th- th- this this show and its set design. It's not restrained in every way because the direction is very in your face, but it's typically pretty good anyway. Um, this set design though stuck out to me as being maniacally evil looking when most of the time it's not that ostentatious there you go um but uh but she's invited in and it's kind of a big deal uh and i know that at one point uh fred gives her um like it's like the the footprints because they've got like medical records but i noticed that every single bit of text on the page had been like blacked out redacted yeah all redacted because she's not allowed to read you see um yeah. <laughs> i just no i don't know it just made me laugh but you, yeah I, say, I love this episode mm-hmm. until the last five minutes okay and then it frustrates me last um, five minutes okay um is that including the actual the, the tape recording yeah right, okay um because i think what i liked about the the, the way this episode plays out is they, they want june to like phone him to so he'll agree to to meet meet serena well it's actually for both of them but he insists no it's just serena i'm not speaking to him um understandably and i think what i liked about this is that he has this this phone call uh with her and you know it's an unknown caller and he doesn't answer it first but it doesn't she's got two minutes and she has to get him to agree to this and she does say, you know, she says, I love you, like, you know, early on, and she says it again at the end as it cuts off, and it doesn't mm. get, get, quite get it through. What I liked about this is that this is the first time they've spoken in the show. You know, not including flashbacks. This is the first yeah, time they've got to speak okay. in the show. Yeah. And it's kind of frustrating because she can't just be emotional. She can't just get into the conversation. Very restrained, isn't it? Yeah, she has, you know, it's that tight close-up on her the whole time. Um, She's so aware that there's people around her. Um, and actually, one of the little touches I loved is that when the phone call ends, despite the fact that Lawrence has been, you know, what he's been there, you know, all the time, he does actually kind of go to give her a, a handkerchief, like, you know, as yeah. if she might need it. Like, he's actually, he's conscientious of how she might feel right now. Oh, uh, definitely, yeah. Uh, you know, and he's been such an enigma, and we'll talk about him and his wife in a bit, but um, what I liked about, the, you know, the tape recording being snuck through that he gets to you know, look gets to hear later. Is it for me? It was like, okay, you got almost the frustrating like version of this earlier on, 
and now you get to have the real emotional version where she got to just unload her thoughts and feelings absolutely and it met about you know about uh, nick and kind of like be honest about all this and be like hey if you need someone you can find someone to survive like you you can move on and i won't hate you for it um because this is where we are now where you know we're at this point we've been separated for so long where you know i'm in gilead i'm in this state that we're way past the point of thinking that she might be rescued any time now you know where we're past oh. that point of a quick resolution um, so and so I, I just said a minute ago there that I included the tape recording in the bit I didn't like. I assume it's more the what's going on in present time as this is happening? Uh, no, it's actually something very specific in the tape recording that I strongly dislike. Okay. It's the fact that she tells him, oh no, her name's Holly, not Nicole. Ah, okay. And I feel like that's undoing quite a major beat. Where You know, when she agreed with Serena, it's like, do you know what? We're going to go with Nicole. It felt like they'd come to an understanding and no, that's fair just, it, and and she gave him to to you know uh, you know to, to emily to, to give to, to to look as nicole right not as holly you know her name was nicole this felt like it just undid that for no real reason um that i, I could see see i i think i think my defense of this it's not so much that i think she wants luke to use nicole although he probably won't know easily because because the way yeah. she's the way she said I, th- I think it's almost like a not a writing flaw. Oh, maybe it is a writing flaw, but like I could almost wave that off though as being the cat. Like June's just so emotional that she phrases it really badly. I think she just wants to tell him what he would, what she would name another daughter, like what she named her, right? Because it's important to her for that he knows that. And it's like, I get that, but I think the phrase she says is her real name is Holly. No, I I agree with the phrasing, but I I I I don't think June's intention is for him to like start using that i th- I think she just speaks poorly if that makes sense but perhaps but it came off it it, it struck me the wrong way but sure. uh the acting's because i think you know is it like th- th- this scene um it was actually giving me if anyone who's watched lost and love lost this was giving me uh, a certain desmond and penny phone call kind of vibe uh from the constant uh which is like maybe the best episode of that show it's like in top five for sure um and this was a great emotional scene. Like, the, the, this, like him getting to hear this and him breaking down the street. I, and I was worried, actually, because this, this was, like, right as she was being arrested. Or, I mean, it turns out it wasn't arresting exactly, but, like, she's being taken by the, you know, the man in the van. And... But it's very ominous as well. I feel like, the, maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like there was sirens, you know, like the red and blue lights that you could see reflections of on yeah. the bridge. Uh, going past, obviously they weren't for him, but you yeah. know it felt symbolic. And you had um, earlier on her asking, uh, you know, is Luke in trouble? Will they try and go after him? Is he safe? Yeah, she's just saying that to uh, Lawrence, mm-hmm. and Lawrence has been, you know, like mysterious. Oh, I mean, and... You know, he's eating a lot now. All that cholesterol, you know, yeah. bad for his health. Yeah, it's the blood pressure. That's a silent killer. Um, and I was wor- I was worried that this was going to be a gut punch where he was going to get like shot in the face at the like you know, they'd sent an assassin or something like that you know yeah. to to kill him at the end i was really worried they were going to pull some sort of like drastic gut punch like that and luckily they didn't and it was just this emotional scene and there is the gut punch i suppose of what serena and fred are now doing at the end where the reason why they've, they've had someone pick her up is to come in and stand in the background all dressed up in the fancy version of the handmade outfit um and they're basically pleading to canada to return their daughter uh to her family uh it's, a, it's like a emotional request as opposed to you know because they, they don't have any legal route to go down here no absolutely not but they they, they play it as a kidnapping and yeah. you know the government should comply you know and, and you know 
and treat I, with us. And to, to an extent, like, yeah, like, you can't say that a baby is seeking refuge because the baby won't understand anything that's going on. Um, maybe what the interesting outcome of this is going to be is the argument between where probably most people in Canada will agree that the baby shouldn't go back, but... But they might have to send it back to not cause a, a huge war. <laughs> yeah, and then the the, the, the fight that, you know... Because, uh, you know, because I, I realized after the phone call uh, specifically, because, again, very emotional, Luke was on his knees crying after it really really good um and even just like i mentioned the handkerchief but even the way lauren's uh when when june says may i be excused he's like mm. yes you, you can he's like this, it's almost like she's like i don't care that you know the, the waterfords are in the room i don't give a shit like just yeah. can i go um really good stuff really well done and i like the scene afterwards where uh we see moira like find out about it and she's like wait how did she sound like wh- like what like you called you know she called like, yeah, that's insane. It's it's completely out, out of the blue, and you know there was no expectation at all. Yeah, I was actually expecting Moira to go to the meeting as well as backup. I wasn't I wasn't expecting Luke to be there essentially on his own. Obviously, the, the guy who offered Serena uh, amnesty Step. essentially uh, last season was there. He's like, yeah, that offer's still there. Um, and I was worried that Serena like might have, you know, done something bad uh after because obviously we keep saying you know last season how we kept kind of starting to sympathize and like her a little bit and then she'd do something evil and it would be like oh serena and, and this episode does that all over again to an extent yeah i mean it's not actually as bad as i thought because I, I thought she actually had orchestrated something really bad you know like i say with looks like death and stuff and i thought that she wasn't going to give them the tapes and uh well, we didn't know it was tapes we just we just saw a, par- a parcel that said for luke yeah. um and she she forgets to give it to Luke in person, but she she clearly left it behind so that the the Canadian guy could well he's not even Canadian he's from Atlanta he says that but you know yeah, like, yeah. this guy uh, can can hand it over, uh, so she does actually do the nice thing in there and there's even a moment before she goes where she asks uh, Rita to read the inscription because Rita like hesitates and she's like no go on read it, <laughs> uh, just those little little neat moments but no I mean uh, Serena meeting with Luke is. Easily the best scene of the season so far for me. My favourite exchange of the whole season so far is probably uh, I think she said I don't know what the exact phrase was, but I think it was God bless you and he just goes F you. Like immediately. Yeah. Like yeah. there's like not even entertaining this bullshit. Yeah. Um and she tries to like, you know, say various things and like she she you know she's she's told to blend in, so she changes her clothes and she looks like a normal person for like, you know, ten minutes. Uh, it's the first time she's been dressed like a regular person in years yeah fascinating scene uh, just the, the insanely tight close-ups on her face even more so than usual for this show yeah um and it is this weird murky thing where she's like you know let her let her decide for herself when she grows up like who i am and what gilead is and like we know she does care for her and we've seen that enough of the the murky like basically you know the humanity of the sliver of humanity that's in serena that's you know been peeking out a little bit more recently although maybe regressed a little bit at the end um we've seen enough to know that there is some genuine emotion here but at the same time i don't think anyone watching this can blame luke when he's like no i'm going to tell her exactly what gilead is i'm going to tell her exactly where she came no, from they, they can't blame luke too because especially when you see consider that luke doesn't know this woman he doesn't know oh sure yeah you know the the what she's done. You know the the things that you know, we've seen June seen, um, because the fact is when it comes to Nicole, everything she's done has been extremely genuine, uh, and 
And it... I think she's, she, up until you know this point where, where we are here, everything she's done has been in the you know the best interest of the baby. Yeah, and it's almost like she was willing to let that be it. But then Fred's like, "Hey, this doesn't have to be the end of this," and he's got an idea. And we, obviously, that's what we see at the end is this broadcast that he wants to do, uh, and yeah. she goes along with it. And part of me is like secretly hoping that like Serena's playing him a little bit. Like there's there's some sort of end game here that she is doing something for because that's that's another thing when June agrees to make the phone call and you because know, she's uh, Serena's like let me speak to her on my own and like your friend and Lawrence leave the room and she speaks to her and she calls her June. She says June, please, like can you do this kind of thing? And June's like you know if I do this for you, I want something in return. She's like, what do you want? It's like I want you to owe me. And she agrees. And she agrees. That was a really weirdly timed uh, hiccup being held oh, in. Yeah. Um, but she no, she agrees. And I, I wonder, like, because she's always reverted to being the worst of the worst, and it's happened like so much in season one and two. I wonder if they're almost playing us at this point, where we were expecting her to just be evil again, but she may actually reveal that no, she, she's I, she's got something up her sleeve here. I kind of hope so, because you know, over the last few episodes, we've spoken how you know the the, the people who got the early reviews, they got the first you know, six or whatever, and they, they you know they were not super positive. Um, this beat here at the end of this episode is the first time I agree with them, where it feels like it's just reverting into a holding pan. Now it could subvert that, and there's more going on with with Serena, but right now, just oh, she's actually terrible again. I think, I think to an extent, if if she's willing to go along with this because she's like having second thoughts and watching the callback, I'm willing to accept it depending on how they do it to a point because I get that, you know, seeing her again, the emotion of it, it's just, it's not her, even her idea. It was this, like, you know, Fred, like, presenting it on a platter and her just being too tempted to turn it down kind of thing. I get that. Um, you know, like, and if, if she is playing, I mean, if this is some sort of, like, you know, to, to maintain her character, essentially, if, if you will, like, you know, if she said no to this, like, what would Fred think? Well, this is the thing, though, because Fred's very aware that she wanted Nicole in Canada because, you know, when, you know, when he sends mm. everyone out from the round table, and he talks just like, look, I know you wanted to leave her there. I know you think she's safe. So it's they're very open on that topic. Sure, so this is, sure. You know, again, again uh, no, I, I do think it's this dangling temptation. Like, I, I think that's what it is. I, I think... He is trying to win favor by, and this kind of goes back to what you said a couple of episodes ago. Uh, you know, when we first met Serena again this season, he said, "Oh, everything will be back to the way it was. You'll see, and everything will be fine, and you know, as it should be." And I think he's yeah. essentially doing the, uh, you know, like getting pregnant to save the marriage thing. He's he's kind of doing that in a weird way, where he's like, "No, if I get the kid back, it'll fix everything." Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think that's what he's doing. And I think, to an extent, he's right in that the temptation for her is so great to just buckle and accept the kid. Now, depending on how they play, it might, it might feel like a holding pattern, but it, you know, it, it does raise a lot of like diplomatic issues, this, at the very least, which yeah. should be interesting to explore. And I did like the part of the scene where June, when before, before it starts and she's like standing behind him, she's like, Serena. Serena, tell me. Like she feels like close enough to her to like whisper to her and like try and get the get the info. No, because like my, my initial it was it was quite wrong. In my initial reaction was, oh god damn it, Serena, not again. Mm. And then I went, oh yeah, again. And, you know, it, it kind of caught up to me like within a few seconds of this this again. You know, it's Serena doing you know reverting back again. And just 
I, I hope there's something more going on this time, a subversion, something that's yeah beyond just her giving in to, to the you know the base desires. Um, like I say, if if it is just that, I can live with it, depending on how they 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 do work with it and how they handle like her reasoning for it. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, I'll, I'll see where they go with it. Um, other scenes that were really interesting this episode uh, was Lawrence's wife and yeah. uh, seeing them together we hear that she misses you know quote unquote the man that made her the tapes you know because she talks about you know in college he made like mixtapes because he, he wasn't very good at expressing his feelings so he made mixtapes to uh together um which it's funny actually I, that made me feel a little bit old that that the age that you know bradley whitford is is at the point now where cassettes were the thing when he was in college and i'm like I mean, I was only, you know, around for the tail end of audio cassettes, right? That, you know, like, that was the thing when but, I was... But you remember them. Yeah. So the fact yeah. that now someone who's, like, in their 60s is like, that's that was college. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and obviously tapes were around yeah. before I was born. It's not like tapes, you know, <laughs> like... Tape, tapes were around for a while, yeah. Yeah. But, you know... Um... Yeah. It, it is funny now, obviously, because we're right on the tail end of cassettes. There are people around our sort of age who are borderline unfamiliar but a few years younger and some of them nev- never used one well yeah i was i mean we watched the marvel's runaway season one there was a joke in that that none of the teenagers knew what a vhs was and that made us feel ancient we were like oh god yeah. like yeah, that was terrifying wasn't it and, and and that was only maybe 10 years of a difference generational wise that's not it's not that big of a gap like you know these actors all playing playing those characters were maybe 17 18 and you know, I'm watching that. You know, when that aired, probably I was 28. You know, so maybe 10, 11 yeah. years for me. It was less of a gap for me. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, rub that in your prick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you noticed. But you know, like it's not actually that big of a gap, really. You know, it's, so I don't know. Anyway, um, made me feel old. Is what I'm saying. Uh, and you know, June has this great speech. It's, first of all, she bonds with her because she's really concerned about how she feels about what's going on. Uh, does the wife and June has this great speech about you know when it's all you have holding on to the slither of what you know someone used to be you know if it's still kind of there in a small way and later on she sees them listening to music together um you know cruel to be kind specifically and you know which this show sometimes it'll go a bit too far with the, the the source music I think sometimes it really nails it though I think cruel to be kind nails it and I don't know how you feel about the ending, but I did kind of like Sunday Bloody Sunday coming in. Uh, Do you know what? I'm a lot more forgiving of the source music in this episode than some others because it had a lot of context through the yeah, tapes. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was thematic, yeah, because this yeah. idea the tapes came up and you know, June listens to them and then we see and, him Yeah, using so it was music. quite a... It felt relevant. I mean, you can question the choices being a bit, you know, on the nose or whatever, but um, yeah, the actual... Um, use of source music here there was no problem with it like, there are there are times where i feel like they just do it to be a little bit off kilter um because they can yeah yeah but no that, that was kind of a sweet moment and it kind of played into the idea of like you know she's changed so much looks probably changed so much since they've been separated but like who, who they, there's something in there yeah they're so, still in there you know and june yeah. even says i think in the, the speech to him that she's you know she's still holding on to who she was but that's not who she is right now it's not all that she is yeah, yeah. but it's still part of yeah, um, and you know, hearing her say she, she's ashamed, but you know, ho- you know, Holly slash Nicole was born out of love. Like, 
you know, it was a very powerful speech. You know, there was there was a lot in there that was like, you know, really, it was her getting stuff off of her chest. And to me, it almost felt like because she is transitioning into this fighter almost, where she's planning and scheming and trying to accomplish things. This was almost like her saying goodbye and getting getting the things off of her chest that she needed to get 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 out of, get out before she really yeah. could focus on what she's doing. Yeah, I agree. And I was really glad that that um that Luke learned about Nick this episode because there was a moment where. Mm. He says to Serena about oh, you know, about you know your husband you know um, with the baby, and you can see Serena just almost trying. yeah yeah she's she's really considering it yeah she's uh, just dropping that that cat out of the bag but no it's nice that June gets to be the one to see it that she gets yeah, to yeah. you know because it's, it's a big thing for her so her getting to actually be the one to to deliver that news and get it off of her chest to the person that it matters most to. Mm, I think it plays a lot better coming from her versus from Serena. Yeah, because um, that that'd have been another heel turn moment if she's like, oh, oh actually, actually, she had an affair with the, the the driver. See, interestingly, I can see Serena not using that as a vindictive thing, but mm. as a genuine, more like, no, no, no this is almost a comfort. No, this wasn't a terrible rape. This was, this was something that she was okay with. Like, as while that, yes, this is her husband, and and he's gonna feel shitty about that. It's better than the okay. No, my husband just raped her. Yeah, doesn't change the fact that that was still happening on a regular no, basis no, for it a doesn't. year or whatever. Uh, it absolutely doesn't. But I can see her using that as a as a way of like being sympathetic. You know, like you put it. If I, I think if she had told Luke about it, it wouldn't have been, uh, it it wouldn't have been a vicious thing at all. It would have been a genuine thing. Yeah, she's pulling the knife out of the chest and then accidentally ramming it into his side as opposed to intentionally ramming it into his side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's still better in the side than in the chest. Sure, no. I did like the final moment, though. I like the tracking on June's face and her just seething with and Sunday the, Bloody the Sunday. the lighting changing. Yeah, because to me, like, we've had some moments like this before where she, she has, like, a, a dramatic point at the end in a narration or whatever in a song player. But for me, this was very much, all right, bitch, it's on. That's what this moment felt like. Yeah, I think you know, especially with with the lighting, you know, because you know it all drops out and it's just her spotlight, and it it feels like it's going to go into like a full soliloquy almost. Mm. Yeah, uh, obviously it doesn't doesn't quite get into that, but that, that's the feeling that it evokes. No, I thought that was that was good stuff. Um, yeah, no, I'll be honest. Yeah, the Holly thing did stick out to me, but it didn't like ruin the the emotion of the scene for me. Yeah, I think it bothered me a bit more. I really didn't like it. Um, but no, it, it turns out though, given the following scene, that Serena may have deserved it. <laughs> Amusingly, well, well, maybe, but yeah. June didn't know that yet. Oh, she didn't. She didn't. But still, um, interesting. Interested also. Um, so no, um, I'm I'm curious to see where they go with uh with some of the stuff to set up here. I I think this was the best episode of the season so far, though. Uh, easily, yeah. Let's say I had my problems with the last few minutes, but the rest of it is easily. Uh, we wish to talk about you know the stuff with the the walking partner. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, I laughed out loud actually. See, see when she's like, she's talking about Nicole and how I, I pray that she comes back to Gilead and like she's she's waiting for the, the normal response from from June and she's just like bite me, <laughs> just walks away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. Also good. And um, then at the end, you know, when it comes back around, she's really subdued and. It, it turns out okay. She she thinks she's pregnant, and now it's happening to her. Um, it very much struck me as you know that that part, you know they came for you know the the socialist, but I didn't care because it wasn't me. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, well, that for, was very much her attitude. For her, it's a repeat thing, though, because she's, didn't she mention she's done through this already? Like yeah. four they times again. or something like that? Yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah. So their fifth. But the, the idea that as long as it wasn't happening to her, you know, she she was quite content just strolling around. Yeah. Um, but now the spotlight's back on her again. She's she's concerned. So the question is, is June's bite me in this better or worse than the, the epic bite me from the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Now, I'd argue that this one is more effective and that it really comes out of nowhere because it's not something that you expect coming out of June, right? And who she's saying it to. Buffy's is more set up and of course bait me was kind of a phrase that was associated with the show just because it's a vampire show and it was kind of a you know it was, mm-hmm. it was a thing they put on posters and stuff but it had like so much emotional weight because it was Buffy saying this to like the head watcher right it was you know there was this yeah so so it was more it was more of a, a nice ironic thing because of who she is yeah so uh, my answer is uh, screw you <laughs> I believe what you meant to say was bait me no, no. I explicitly did not mean to say that. <laughs> okay. All right. Just checking. Just checking. Um, so yeah, that was Hammy Steel uh, this week. Um, yeah. uh, there was actually there was a really poignant uh, little moment during June's narration where uh, there's like sort of like brief flashes to like the night she was dancing with Luke before they made Hannah or yeah, before they made Hannah. Uh, I was just checking. I had the right daughter there for a second, um, and. She says something really poignant. I thought was uh, she's like people can survive without sex, but it's it's the lack of love that kills them. Um, yeah, that was a really poignant little little moment. Um, especially given how, the way sex is used in this show, where it is yeah, and then you know the the love with with Nick. Yeah, um, how that was kind of a lifeline. Um, yeah. So. So no, there you go. That is uh, episode five of Hammy's Tale. Uh, so once again, uh, the the reviews of Hammy's Tale are sponsored by our patron Cindy Palacios. So thank you to her. Uh, you can of course go to patreon.com yourself, patreon.com/slash/mailfuss.tv specifically, uh, where you can support us for as little as one dollar per month, and you get bonuses, exclusives, you get some stuff early, and most importantly, you keep the shows coming and all the content coming. Uh, so go and have a look. You can get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz. You can support us in other ways, of course, by simply liking, subscribing, commenting, letting us know what you think. Uh, you can obviously review the audio feed, the Almost Cancelled TV review audio feed on your, your iTunes. Uh, don't forget, there's also a Almost Cancelled Netflix reviews audio feed with all the Netflix originals if you've not been checking that out if you're on the audio podcast. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. Don't forget to plug it. I guess other other things we're doing. I guess we should plug some of that. Connor, you plug something. Uh, yeah, Too Old to Die Young started on Amazon since the last episode, I think. Hmm. Uh, it is a show by Refn. Um, it's ten episodes, and it is unfiltered. Um, it is an incredible direction. Um, it's it's well worth checking out if you like that. Uh, if you're a fan of his his movies, yeah. Uh, and maybe just to, to give you something a bit more in line with this show, uh, Big Little Lies. Uh, me and Tara are reviewing that right now. Uh, week to week as well. That's a HBO show, uh, and I, the reason why I say tie it in thematically is because it's a very much a, a female character-driven show. All, all the main characters are all female, and it's um, dealing with a lot of uh, kind of similar topics, I guess, in a way to Hammy's Tale, but in a very different <laughs> setting because um, it's you know it's present day, real world, as close as we can get. Uh, but yeah, to it out. Uh, so that is. That is uh, Hammy Steel. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla?